0: on the life of a man named Joseph in the Bible, that he was somebody that had a a mighty dream that God had put in his life that everybody didn't understand around him. Like, he had a calling that that, that God had put on him, and everybody else around him did not get get, get what was happening in his life. And Joseph was uh, the youngest of 11 brothers, and when Joseph... Started telling the dream that God had put in his life, people didn't understand. And and when you follow Joseph's story, you realize his story was, was it was a roller coaster of, of all the directions that he went and, and all of the places that he went. And and I'm sure he never expected it to be that way. And I think Joseph would say this to us, is, is sitting, this is not in your notes, but I think this is just the bedrock of, of this message today, is that when life is not going the way you planned, don't give up on your dreams. When life is not going the way you planned, and maybe you're here today and and life's not happening the way that you planned it to happen, I would just encourage you, don't give up on the dream that God has put on your life. Don't give up on what God has called you to do. Uh, Genesis chapter 37 and verse 5 tells about Joseph's dream. It says, Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. It's like, well, thanks a lot for that. He said to them, listen to this dream that I had. Uh, we were binding sheaves of grain out in the field When suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright And uh, my, my, sheaf, my sheaf rose and, and, and stood upright And while your sheaves gathered around mine and, and they started bowing down to it and worshiping it And the brothers were not excited about that dream <laughs> They're like, by the way, here's my dream I'm awesome, you guys aren't You're going to bow down and worship me And they're like, oh no, we will not You are crazy you do not, that's not a dream from God. And in here, I think we kind of see Joseph's personality. Like he kind of has the wrong attitude about this. He probably should have told that to them a little bit differently. But his perspective on what God was doing, would do in his life was it's kind of telling the way he told his brothers. And I think this comes to a truth that, that dreams are conceived long before they're achieved in our lives. And the question of all of this today is what do we do when we're in the middle, but when God's given us a dream, God's given us a calling, God's given us something great to do, and what do we do kind of in the gap? What do we do in the middle between the dream and the fulfillment of the dream? Verse 19 of Genesis 37 says this, Here comes that dreamer, they said to each other. This was his brothers. And they get this idea. Come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns and say that a ferocious animal... Devoured him and then we'll see what comes of his dreams If I could title this message today, I'd just simply call it dream on could you say that with me dream on Yeah, I want to bless somebody turn to your neighbor and tell them to dream on there we go <laughs> And turn to your second choice. Everybody's got a second choice, right? And you tell you dream on too you dream on too <laughs> uh, You know when when, when dreams come out when we get dreams, it's, it's no surprise that everyone does not understand the dream that's in our heart. As a matter of fact, people that do great things, they do great things in the face of adversity. And maybe you're here and you're facing some adversity right now and, and to the dream that God's put in your heart. And I want to encourage you just to keep on believing. I, I saw this where uh, great uh, people and actors and uh, coaches face the exact same thing along the way. Uh, Fred Astaire, which was an entertainer in the 20s and 30s. Uh, his first screen test in 1923, the director wrote a memo to him. It says, this man cannot act. He is slightly bald, and he can dance just a little bit. He ended up being okay. Vince Lombardi, the famous coach, uh, his, his first um, job, they said he possesses uh, minimal football knowledge and lacks motivation. Uh, Beethoven uh, said he, he will not, his teacher said this, he will not practice on improving his technique. Beethoven is hopeless and incompetent as a composer. I think that's, people did not understand. Uh, Walt Disney was fired from a newspaper for lacking ideas. That one's awesome. Uh, He found a minister who paid him a small amount to draw advertising pictures for his church. Disney had no place to stay, so the church let him sleep in a mouse-infested garage nearby one of those mice, which Disney later nicknamed Mickey, (laughs) would go on to become famous. Don't be surprised when your dream faces opposition along the way. It very well could be that the opposition is the thing that begins the process of the fulfillment of God's dream in your life. Joseph's process started when his brothers decided to throw him into a pit and to send him as a slave to egypt he was kind of the first of the being human trafficked he was sent to egypt by the people that should have loved him and should have cared for him along the way and maybe i'm talking to somebody who you've had people in your life that they should have believed the dream in your heart they should have encouraged you along the way and you look and all you feel like is you're alone You've been sold. You've been emptied. That nobody is in your corner. And in the middle of all that, I want to encourage you, when life's not going the way you planned, don't give up on the dream. If you're taking notes today, I want to walk through some of the things. I think Joseph, if he could talk to us today, he would tell us some things about the journey of a dream. He would tell us some things about not giving up. First of all, if you're taking notes, he would say this. Don't give up, even if... It didn't start out well. Don't give up on your dream even if it did not start out well. Joseph's dream did not start out very good at all. Like, like it, it, it was really bad. Like, it went in the complete opposite direction of what he thought it would go in. And life has a way of doing that, doesn't it? Like, you, you thought you would be with this person forever. You thought you'd be at this company forever. Or you thought you'd be in this city forever. You thought... Something would be in your life kind of constant and things change, and you feel like you're actually 20,000 steps away from what God's dream is for your life. And, and, And a lot of times we think, well, I've made so many mistakes, God's dream could not be fulfilled in my life either. Like, I've made mistakes, therefore, God's like, okay, like, I'm done with you. And many times, because we've had people that have looked at us and said, I'm done with you. We think that God's the same way. And we think God looks at us and says, you made just way too many, like you just stepped over the line and you made one too many mistakes for God to ever love you again. This series is called called Dream Again. But the reason we can dream again is because we serve the God of the second chance. The reason we can have a second chance to dream is because we serve a God who in the middle of our disappointment, in the middle of our greatest mistake, He loves us right where we are. I love the scripture that says, To him that loved us and washed us from our sins. It doesn't say to him that washed us of our sins and then loved us, but he loved us right in our mess. I have a three month old at home right now, and being uh, being a dad of a baby can be a messy job. Being a mom of a baby can be a messy job, right? But there's never been a moment in the mess where I thought, We're taking you back to Park West Hospital, we're getting a refund. Why? Because yes, he's messy, but he's my son. Yes, he's messy, but, but God has a purpose for his life and it's my privilege to walk through the mess. Do you know when your God looks at you, he does not just see your mess. He does not just see your mistake. He loves you right, beyond, right in your mistake, right in your mess. Why? Because he's your father and because he loves you. Whenever I was 18, I had the opportunity to buy a very small um, house that, that would become a rental house for me, um, for, for for many years, I still have it in Kentucky where I grew up, and in this uh, this 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 little house uh, was a mess. Whenever I bought it, it was a it was foreclosed on from a government like a government subsidized loan, and then it was foreclosed on. Even even that loan was foreclosed on. So it was just it was it was in like a bad house on top of a bad house. It was so bad. The um, the 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 linoleum in the kitchen was green. In, in a lot of other colors that, that I don't know if I could describe. And in the the uh, the kitchen had this uh, like wallpaper in it that was baby blue with these little pink and white ducks all over. And the, the they didn't have sheetrock. No, it was like a paneling and somebody had, I, I don't know, they had got creative with like pins and nails and they had, you know, there was holes in the paneling and carpet was nasty and the door was like leaning about to fall off. And and, uh, and and, and I, I saved up the money that I the money that I'd saved from working that summer, I, I took it and put a down payment on this house. And, and I, was, I was excited about the house. Like I, I went so I went in and uh, we replaced the door. We, we ripped up the carpet, put some new carpet in. Um, and, and we, we, we replaced the linoleum uh, and, and we, we ripped the ducks off the wall. Poor things. We ripped the ducks off the wall. We, we, tr- we tried to patch it as much as we could but the siding on the outside still needed work and there was so much about the house that still needed work and I'll never forget one day I was working and a friend of mine from high school came over and said and, and I told him about the house so he came over and and uh, he, he got out of his car and he looked at the house and he's like Brandon what are you thinking man like what are you doing like you bought a junk like this is a pile of junk what are you doing and, and I quickly realized that he did not see what I saw in the house <laughs> That, that uh, so, so I, I went on to say, okay, here's what we're gonna do with the siding, and here's what we're gonna do with the walls, and here's what we're gonna do with the new countertops whenever we can get it. And, and, and other, I was describing him all that we were gonna do, but what, what I discovered is this he was seeing it for what it was, I was seeing it for what it was going to be. He was seeing the problem. I was seeing the the promise of of, of what I saw and the vision that I had in my heart. And to him, it was... But but, but the only difference between the two of us, we both had eyes. We both both could touch the house. We both had the same sensory information about the house. But the only difference was, to him, it was just a random house. But to me, I had paid a price. I had saved for that house. And it wasn't just any house. It was my house. And for me, I saw it for what it was going to be not for what it was I saw it not with all the problems but I saw it from the perspective of what it was going to be because I had made an investment in that house and that was my house and it wasn't finished yet and I just want to encourage somebody that you're so down on who you are and you're so down on yourself because of your past and because of other people you're just another person and yes they've probably spoken negative words over you but if you could hear the voice of your father you're not just another person to him he's made the greatest investment his only Son on a rugged cross so that you and I could be saved. And He doesn't see you for who you are. He sees you for what you're going to be. He sees the potential inside of you. And I know it didn't start out right, but it's going to be okay if you'll just not give up on the dream that God's put in your heart. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12 The Apostle Paul is talking about this reality in his life because he was a murderer. Like he literally would murder Christians. He was holding the coats, like giving the the opportunity for people to stone and kill Christians. And of all the people, God says, okay, who do I want to be like the the, the apostle in my church and write two-thirds of the New Testament? It's like, oh, let me choose uh, him. And Paul never got over the grace that God had showed him. You know, sometimes we can can think that God chose us because we were so good. But Paul realized that God chose him because God was so good, not because Paul was so good. But he said this, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength that he considered me faithful. And I love that because what was Paul saying? He says, I wasn't faithful, but he considered me to be faithful. He said, even though I was a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. I want to encourage you to let you know God wants to use your life. There's not a person in here that's disqualified from the grace of God and from the dream that God's put in your heart. There's maybe some things that have grown up in the soil of your life, but the treasure of God's calling is still buried beneath the surface. If you'll allow God to excavate it once again. Here's the second thing I think that Joseph would say to us. Don't give up on your dream, even if the journey is full of surprises. Even if the journey is full of surprises, because it is. (laughs) Like, I've been on this journey uh, for about 17 years now since I gave my life to Jesus, and it is a complete surprise. See, a lot of times uh, we think, this is what we think of when we think of the dream and the fulfillment in our lives, and I made a a graph here today, and it's very scientific, so I'm sure you're going to be really really uh, impressed with me. But here we go. What we think our dream looks like. Start, fulfillment, Monday, Friday. Praise God. That was a hard week, everybody. I just really had to believe God. You know, just really was a struggle to believe God for that fulfillment of my dream. But, but, but here's, here's uh, what, what, it, what the actual path to our dream looks like. <laughs> it goes in every direction. It goes up and down and left and right and and, 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 it, and it doesn't have an end to, that, that, we, that we know or understand. It's not Monday through Friday. We don't know when it is. But, but the journey is going to be full of surprises along the way. Whenever you look at Joseph's life, it's a life of surprise. And, 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 and there were twice as many times in Joseph's life that he wanted to give up than, than he wanted to go on. And, and I think that's just par for the course. That Don't be surprised if along the way it, you're going to feel like giving up. Don't be, don't, be, don't be surprised if along the way you're going to feel like giving up on your faith. Maybe you're in college and you feel like you're being challenged about your faith. Don't be surprised along the way if you feel challenged because what's the enemy trying to do? He's just trying to destroy the dream and the calling that God's put in your life. Don't be surprised if you're trying to have a godly marriage and and God's put it in your heart. You're going to have a family that you're going to raise and they're going to do great things for God. Don't be surprised if twice as many times you're going to feel like giving up than you are going on. And it's all part of the journey along the way. Here's some of the events of Joseph's life. Uh, He was given a dream by God. I'm sure that was exciting. He wanted to go on here's the here's second he was misunderstood by his family you think he wanted to give up or go on I'm sure he probably wanted to give up like sold into slavery by Potiphar not a good day he wanted to give up living in a strange country far from home not exciting give up he was given favor in Potiphar's house oh that's a good thing go on that's a good day but then he was falsely accused by Potiphar's wife give up after that he was thrown into prison. That's no fun. Give up. That doesn't look anything like the dream then. But then he was put in charge of all the prisoners and given favor in the prisoner in the, in the prison. That's a good day. Forgotten by the chief cupbearer. Bad day. Give up. Remained in prison for 2 years longer. Give up. After that, he had the opportunity to interpret Pharaoh's dream, go on, and then he was seated in second, as second in command in Egypt. My point being along this way is don't be surprised about the journey. Don't be surprised that it's not all up and to the right and done by Friday. This is a journey that we're going on with God and He's not finished with you yet. You don't give up, you just may be in a bad season. You just may be in a difficult place but God's not finished with you yet, don't give up on the dream even when it doesn't look like what, you're plan- what you had planned in your, in your own mind. The hardest thing that i found to deal with in my life is my expectations. Expectations. You know, you, you enter into a new season of life and you have expectations. Uh, we, we moved from Orlando, Florida to start this church and I had expectations of what it would be. And, and, and the, what God did, especially in those early days, looked nothing... <laughs> Like what I would expected in my heart, I thought we'd have uh, 350 people on the on the first day of the church. We didn't. Um, we had we had about 130, and probably 40 of those were were my friends and family from other parts of the country. And uh, and then and and then we started having a Gideon's revival. We started re- having a revival in reverse. I'll never forget one uh, one Sunday. It had been a really hard week. My wife's grandfather passed away, and we had went to Indiana, and. Um, uh, for that funeral, and it was just emotional, and and I, I she she stayed in Indiana. I came home, and I just remember thinking, it's going to be such a good Sunday. It's been a hard week. God's on the throne. Like I was full of faith, and uh, that was the lowest Sunday we had ever had. We were meeting at a middle school not far from here, West Valley Middle School, and um, and I don't know, there's probably about thirty people. I tried in those days. I tried not to count. Uh, it was about thirty people in the room, and the, the icing on the cake was someone came to me and said, "Hey, Pastor Brandon, there's." Um, there's no kids here today. I was like, what do you mean? They said, there are no kids for in kids' ministry today. Like, no, no babies, no nurse, nobody. And I preached a message, you know, try to be full of faith. And I went home and slept from about 2 p.m. to about 8 a.m. the next day. And I felt so low because the expectation that I had. I don't know if this identifies if anybody identifies with this. And then in that moment, when I woke up the next day, I felt like I felt a, a, a word that a friend of mine, a pastor here in town, Pastor Jason Creech from a church called Home, kind of out in Strawberry Plains, um, he told me. He said, Brandon. He said, one of the some of the best advice that someone gave me is this. Don't. He said, this. No one day to find your future. That's what he said. And I woke up, and the Lord brought that. My voice of my friend to me and said, No one day, I know is a heart, no one day defines the future of my life and the future of this church. And, and, and so I went out that day and, and I got, my, I got my, my phone out in the calculator and I figured up how many Sundays were in 30 years. It's like 1,540 something. I don't know. All you mathematicians can help me out. And I went, to, I went to the Dollar Tree and I bought 1,540 whatever pieces of candy and I put them in this massive jar. On my, on, on my nightstand my wife came home from Indiana like what in the world is in our, in our room right now but I started every, every Sunday I'd start taking now my kids have gotten into it and it's all gone no telling where, where it is now but that was a very important season for my dream that God had put for this church because I had to consciously remind myself that God had more in store than just the moment that I was looking at like there were, I, 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 whenever I'd get sad or depressed or anxious, I'd look at all of those pieces and thank God if You'll give me breath to live, Lord, I'll keep on serving You, and I'm not going to let just this one moment define the rest of my future. And I just want to encourage you: you maybe in a difficult season, you may be in one of those moments where you went backward, but if you'll stay with God, He'll do more in your lifetime than in this moment. Many times I think we overestimate what God does in the short term and we far underestimate what God wants to do in a lifetime of faithfulness to Him. You stay faithful. You keep believing. You keep doing what God's called you to do. You keep waking up and serving and giving and coming to church and doing the right thing even when other people in your company aren't doing the right thing. When you look like you're going backwards, God's dream is going to be fulfilled in your life. Somebody say amen. Here's, here, here's the third thing I think he'd say. Don't give up. Even if it took a long time to even if it's taking a long time to realize it. That that those here's the here's the hard thing about the Bible is all those little bullet points that I read about Joseph's life, like it's, man, we can read that in like two minutes. It took 23 years. Twenty-three years. Man, we're such a microwave you know generation i am i know I, man if the internet's not like if, I, if if it doesn't say lte on my phone i'm upset everybody <laughs> who wants 4g what is 4g <laughs> give me this 4g lte for me come on i don't want anything slow but you know god doesn't operate on the same time as we do it's like a man that asked god said hey god what's what's a what what what's a what's like a, a million years for you? He said, "Oh, it's like a second. He says, uh, "Well, God, what's a what's a million dollars for you?" He said, "Oh, it's like a penny." He says, "Well, whoa, well then, God, will, can you give me one of them pennies?" God said, "Just a second. <laughs> Sorry. Hashtag dad jokes. I got them. I got them. <laughs> Habakkuk two three says these things. <laughs> A plan won't happen right away. But slowly, steadily, and surely. That's somebody's word today. Slowly, steadily, and surely. Slowly, steadily, and surely. You keep being steady and you keep believing that God's going to surely do it. The time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, don't despair. For the things will surely come to pass. Just be patient. They will not be overdue one single day. So how do we do this? I want to give this to you quick today. The backside of your notes. How do we do this? Number one, we have to recognize and value the process in our life. And this is two parts. We got to recognize it. We have to recognize we're in the process. And then we have to value that process to understand that God is doing something while we're waiting. A lot of times we think, well, I have not achieved the dream yet. God must not be doing anything. But God does his best work in the dark. God does his best work in it it's it's like it's like the dark room of our life. You know the back in I had photography class back in middle school and we actually before the days of cell phone taking cell phones taking pictures there used to be this stuff called film. It's amazing. Once upon a time. But you would have to go get it developed. Anybody remember a one hour photo? Like that was awesome. And then you'd wind up you'd wind it up. Uh, but we, we had a dark room in our photography class in middle school, and we would develop. But photos are only developed in the dark, right? And with chemicals, many times that are harmful. And it's in the darkness and in the difficulty, God brings a beautiful picture out of our life. But he can't do that in the sunshine when everything's doing great, and there's a process that happens in the darkness where god wants to do something in you not just through you god wants to know you he wants to not just take you somewhere he wants to enjoy the journey and that may be a complete new idea for someone in this place that thinks god is just some distant god just spinning the world into existence and you know saying oh pray and you know do things and give and you know maybe i will bless you if you do no you got to understand you have a god who is a good father that just enjoys being with you Like, you don't have to do anything. I love what Adam said. You don't have to do anything to get God to like you. He's crazy about you. And he just enjoys spending time with you along the way. He wants to be with you. Genesis chapter 39 verse 2 says this, And the Lord was with Joseph. Seriously? It looks like God's not with Joseph at all. It looks like Joseph is all alone. It looks like Joseph's in slavery. It looks like Joseph's in prison. It looks like Joseph's being lied on. It looks like the whole world is on top of Joseph. It looks like God's not having anything to do with Joseph. But in the middle of all that, what is happening? There's a process that's taking place. And God says, I'm just with you. So if you would, somebody, open your heart to the reality right now in a difficult season. Let God just be with you. Like, open up your heart to the fact that God is with you right now. Like, when you drive home, turn the radio off and just get alone with your God and say, God, I need you. Just be with. He is with you and he's just waiting for you to realize it. Joseph, he's with you. He's never left you. The pain, the anxiety, he's with you. You're not alone. Here's the second thing. Refuse to let offense stop you. See, Joseph was in the place that he was mainly because of people. People betrayed him. His brothers betrayed him. His brothers sold him into slavery. And then, then, then Potiphar's wife lied on him and he went to prison. And then uh, the, the baker forgot about him. And so much of the negative things that happened in Joseph's life, he could have pointed and been bitter at everybody else that had hurt him along the way. And the dream was fulfilled In Joseph's life at a moment where he had to make a choice of how he was going to treat the people that had hurt him and I think this is so powerful and it's a thought that it's really even hard to communicate but I felt it so strong as I was studying this week because Joseph's dream was fulfilled when his 11 brothers I mean when his 10 brothers that had thrown him into slavery literally were bowing at his feet and asking for food because of the famine that was taking place in the world. And he literally, at the fulfillment of his dream, the, the spot in history that God showed him was the decision between tearing down his brothers and loving his brothers despite the fact that they had hurt him. And, it's, and, and Joseph's part in the story was to keep the nation of Israel alive because one of his brothers, his brother Judah, out of him would come David the king. Out of David the king would come Jesus the Messiah. So, if Joseph would have had a bitter heart against his brothers, he literally would be destroying his own salvation. He literally would have been destroying the hope that you and I enjoy today. But it was the process that he went through that caused him to be compassionate. What I've learned is that you usually don't become compassionate until you know what it feels like to be stepped on. You usually don't learn to be compassionate until you know what it feels like to be left out, until you know what it feels like to be hurt. So Joseph got crushed along the way, I believe, so that he, when he would know what it feels like to be crushed and that he would let his brothers live so that the world could be saved one day. In other words, all of the problems with people had caused Joseph to become the man that he was today. And I just want to plead with someone's heart because I know you've been hurt by a friend or a father or by a boss or by people around you. But if you will let them go, you'll realize that God has a purpose even in the pain that other people have caused you along the way. And the only person that you and I hurt when we hold on to bitterness is ourselves. That's it. In this moment, Joseph says this. Genesis fifty twenty. You intended to harm me? but after the process that he had been on he said God intended it for good what did he simply say thank you and when you can find gratefulness and forgiveness for those that have hurt you along the way caused you the greatest pain you're just at the beginnings of being able to that dream to realize because here was the thing that God was dealing with me in the early days you can see Joseph's attitude his dream was all about Joseph like I'm going to be high and mighty you guys are going to be bound down to me it's a good day for Joseph but after the process Joseph realized the dream wasn't about Joseph being great the dream was about Joseph serving and saving a nation in other words, it took the process for Joseph to realize it wasn't not about Joseph. But he was a small part of a grand plan. And do you know what? There's so much freedom when you and I start understanding it's not about us. But it's about the reality that our dream is a small part of God's grand design. And when we let people go and we set people free, God can actually use our lives. It's part of the process. But when, if Joseph would have killed his brothers, he would have destroyed his own future. So set him free. Forgive them. Here's the third thing. Focus more on the dream giver than on the dream itself. Focus more on the dream giver than the dream itself. You're sitting in the same place. I'm going to pick on Tyler again. Tyler, help me out first service. Come on up here, buddy. Give Tyler a hand. Give Tyler a hand. Thank you so much. <laughs> I think, I think uh, we have the tendency. I have the tendency. I'll say this for me. I have the tendency of focusing on the dream. Like all eyes on the dream. And so I think a lot of times God does this in our lives, and you you can play along with me this time because I used them last service. I think a lot of times God gives us a vision of where we're going, and then we want we fall more in love with the vision of where we're going than we do the God that's going to get us there. But God gives us a vision, I believe, of a dream so that we'll trust him along the journey and understand it's not us that's going to get us there because many times the journey, we want the journey to be like this. Oh, hallelujah. I arrive into my destiny. But I think if we do that, we'll think that we got ourselves there. So many times after God gives us a vision, and I hope this visual helps somebody here today, after God gives us a vision, many times he does this. And we feel like we're so far away from the vision. And then we even feel like sometimes we're going backwards. And the whole time we're trying to look at the vision. And then we think, God, I'm not even going in that direction of the vision anymore. And we're on this journey that seems like it's full of surprises. But what what we, what we fail to realize is that every step that Joseph was taking along the way, even it looked like he was going not going anywhere close, God was literally backing him into his destiny. And he would turn around one day and realize... I have made it to where I am today, not because of my might or my knowledge or who I am, but I made it because God's strength and God's wisdom and God's guidance got me to where I am. So here's the goal. Here's the picture. I hope this helps somebody. The picture is simply this. As you're going through life thank God for the dream but stop focusing your whole life on your dream and start focusing your whole life on the God that's going to get you to your dream and every step of the way even when it doesn't look like don't fight against God you just walk with him you let him lead you you let him guide you and before you know you're gonna you're gonna turn around one day and you're gonna realize oh man the dream was absolutely true Like God had a purpose and plan all along. And if I could just focus on Him and not the dream. If you focus on the dream, it'll never be fulfilled. Because the dream can't be fulfilled in your own power. But if you'll focus on the God that gave you the dream. Thank you, Tyler. Then God's purpose will be fulfilled in your life. Focus on the dream. One of my favorite quotes is a quote by John Osteen. He said this, Great it is to dream a dream. When you stand in youth by the starry stream, but a greater thing is to fight life through and to realize in the end that the dream was true. I want to encourage somebody that has dreams in your heart. Don't quit fighting. You keep trusting in God. You keep trusting that God's going to do something great in your life, and He is. The dream's going to be fulfilled. Don't give up on your dreams, even when life's not turning out the way you planned. Let's pray today.